Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to yet another episode of Duckies and Dargons, the 5th edition D&D actual play podcast hosted by myself, the Mayhem Vote, and my ragtag group of adventurers. Before we get into tonight's episode, we are going to go ahead with a slight disclaimer and say that uh, we are operating at 95% capacity. Uh, Zaris is on his mobile instead of his, uh, his PC for the comms because for whatever reason, Discord decided that it does not want to make him sound like Zaris. It wants to make him sound like uh, C-3PO instead. And Ilera is... Um, well, to put it in the, the professional terms, under the weather tonight. Leaking from the front and the back. That's just fucking vulgar. I mean, I talk enough shit, I may as well let the rest flow. Oh my god. So yeah, ladies and gentlemen, okay. that is, that's how we're operating tonight. We hope that you are having a fantastic week. Uh, apologies for there not being a, a session last week. Obviously, Zaris uh, was off with the the ick um and he decided that this week it was alara's turn uh, so you know it's uh Thanks, yeah well to be to be quite honest though i did miss this like I, I, like that joke absolutely just threw me over and i was like <laughs> oh my god I'm i needed gonna, that today I'm, I'm not gonna lie i've missed you guys <laughs> like I've, I've genuinely missed you guys and he's missed us like a sore head or a hit in the bollocks <laughs> <laughs> anyway let's get on with the recap for uh what happened two weeks ago in duckies and dargons uh our players made their way through the majority of the span of the Darklands on their way to the capital city of Amdale. They managed to, for most of it, skirt around the dangers that are ever-present in that region of Zyuria, whilst also just making really good time, shaving off a couple of days of their travel time and reaching their destination, until Anon decided that the scent of freshly baked cookies and cupcakes and all manner of baked good delicacies was just so good that she was going to go and venture towards this seemingly innocent looking hut in the middle of what is known to be Zayuri's darkest and most dangerous region. Zaris chilled her out of it, quite literally, told her to chill out, and Elera. Uh, took the very in-character route and decided that they were going to essentially knock down this door and confront the old lady that lives there, holding her rapier up against the old woman's throat. So, my glorious ragtag group of murder hobos. We are still in the old woman's hut. In fact, I've gone one stage further... And I have actually constructed you guys a map to use as reference. If I can actually figure out, figure out where, where this one is. Okay, it's this okay. one. For some reason, Roll20 is not showing me which of the pages is what map. It's just all like white squares. So I was taking a guess as to which one you're on. So. This is where you guys are currently situated. 
Ilara, you have just lowered your weapon after the old lady telling you that there's no need for weapons to be drawn. So I'm going to actually say that with that, I'm going to put the forefront on Anon and Zaris for this time being because they've been kind of lingering back towards the door. Okay, so... And this is a very valid excuse. Due to my sickness that I have had for the last two I have quite forgotten, literally, what had happened at the very last moments of the I last episode. Alara went and bashed the door, then the lady was saying, No, oh, these cookies aren't 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 dodgy. I thought I Alara kept saying, No, they're magic, you're 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 bringing people in here. And then I had the old lady against the wall, my ripper against her throat. And then from what I picked up, I was mind-controlled to put the rapier down and believe what she was saying. You don't know that for absolute certainty. So, 100% you're being mind-controlled. Got it. Cool. Wow, no, 100% metagaming within the first six minutes of the episode. Well done, guys. Okay, well Got done. it. So, there's a 100% chance that you're being mind-fucked. Got it. Cool. Zaris and Cole don't know. So <laughs> no, you've they, got you've got to act as if you don't know. They think that they think that you've just uh, had a change of heart and realized that the situation doesn't warrant you drawing your weapon. Okay, so, there I, I was just picking up from what I picked up, and then I realized, ah, shit. Okay, so I'm going to do the smart thing, uh, knowing the fact that of what I saw of Anon doing heading in this direction when she was being mindfucked, can I roll an insight or arcana check to see if the source is coming from here? That way that I can determine if Alara is having the same effects as her. I will quite happily allow you to roll an arcana check. Uh, what is today? Thursday. What, I meant in game, like because I, yeah, I, yeah. I, I need to know if it's a plus two or a plus one. Yeah, it's it's back to being a plus two. Don't worry. <laughs> okay, I, plus I, two. I knew what, right. I knew what you were meaning. I was just fucking with you. <laughs> Third Thursday. Got it. Cool. So, uh, being Thursday, I got a thirteen. Why couldn't that been on a Friday? I know, right? With a thirteen, you're seeing and feeling multiple different magical pings in and around the interior of this cottage. One of them being the old woman, one of them being the makeshift little uh, fireplace oven that is on the left-hand side wall, and quite a lot of the glass containers that are to your right on the various tables are emanating varying levels of magical pings as well. Alright, so I'm going to whisper and on and say, yeah, this is bad juju. This is, this is the place we need to be. I would like to roll investigation. On what is the house actually made of? Okay, go ahead. If it's cookies, biscuits, and candy, we're fucked. <laughs> 19. 
That's why I said bad juju. <laughs> I will say... Oh god, do I- oh, okay. With a 19, go ahead and make an Arcana check as well for me. Zyrus didn't roll high enough to- to see this on his own, but your investigation will lead perfectly into perfectly it. Into 15. Right, okay. With an Arcana and an investigation check, both combining to a 34 total, you see that across the entire floor space, and the door frame behind you. So basically, like everything that is within your immediate vicinity, it's rippling ever so slightly. Just this very slow, almost inconceivable ripple on the textures of the walls and the floor and the woodwork. You take a closer look at it, you take a lot of time examining it, and you find that. You're standing on an illusion. It's solid ground, but it's an illusion that's been passed across everything in this cottage. You pry your hands onto one of the floorboards and pry free about a three inch long chunk of the floor. And rather than it being the standard, relatively worn but still in good condition woods that you think you're standing on it's decayed rotten fragile dead wood this illusion has been passed on this cottage or placed on this cottage in order to make it look like it's a lot better condition and a lot newer than it actually is okay so don't eat the walls got it bad juju <laughs> Bad Jojo. Okay. Um the fuck and I try and point to the floor and it's like this ain't real. Carlo's gonna look at you and sort of look at the the chunk of wood in your hand and then look to the floor and go Yeah, something doesn't match up. We need to leave. We need to get the fuck out of here. It's like nobody's hearing me. Bad juju. No, Zara. We hear you. Let's leave. Then let's go. Ilara, from Hi. from about fifteen feet behind you, you hear Kala whispering over to you. Ilara, let's go. She's she she's nothing to be concerned about. She's 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 fine. Nothing. 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 To be wrong here, it's all okay. Fine. So if there's nothing wrong and everything's fine here, then you should be okay with wanting to go and leave, right? I no, no, I, I, I don't think I, I, I don't, I don't, I, I, I don't think I wanna. Oh, listen, dears, I'm not forcing you to stay. You came into my home. I didn't force you in here. See? See? She, she even says, hey. however, she's not forcing you to leave either. However, I can't let you leave without trying a cookie. Uh, I'm not hungry. Oh, I insist, dear. I'm allergic to wheat. They're not wheat, dear. They're gluten free. 
I'm allergic to gluten. Yeah, they're gluten free. There, there's nothing wrong with them. Zarus. I'm allergic to I'm allergic to bullshit. So Zarus. let's go. Hovering You're about allergic to my foot in your ass, but I'm this uh, this she she's fine. Hovering about a foot away from your face, Zarus, is this freshly baked, cinnamonly sweet cookie. It's just floating there. Cool. I'm allergic to cinnamon. <laughs> Kala looks at the cookie and says, Is it bad that I kind of want to see if it's real? Kala, do you remember what happened with Blumps? No, I, I, I didn't say I was going to This gonna, is the same I thing. I didn't say I was going to eat it. I just want to see if it's real. It, it's, oh, it's, it's real. Just not the good kind. Yeah, you're going to suddenly realize instead of cookie it's going to be shit in your mouth oh or, or even worse you eat the cookie and then tentacles start popping out of your ass i i don't think these cookies are you don't think anything at the because you underspell you are trans don't i want to tackle alera i'm fine Anon, you'd have to hop over that table in order to do it i will hop over that table all right. Don't don't tire yourself, Anon. Just just sit down. Okay, hold on, hold on. Anon, make a strength check. Elara, make a dexterity saving throw with disadvantage. Okay. So dexterity, yeah. Dexterity saving throw with disadvantage, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Anon, you leap, o- you leap over that table faster than you think Alara can see you. As, you're, as you land on the other side, Alara just sidesteps you and you go barreling past her and almost collide with the table that's on the, other, on the far side of the room. As I said, sit down, guys. Actually... That's not a bad idea. Let's all sit down. I cast Ice Wave on the ground and cause everybody to trip and make a dexterity saving disadvantage because I'm going to flick Alara off. Okay. Alara, you've got to do the exact same thing that you just did. Anon, Kala, and uh, the old woman are going to make dexterity saving throws as well. So... Ilara fails. Does a thir- I was about to say, does Anon succeed? Uh, Anon's uh, 13. Anon just succeeded. The old hag is going to fail. We respect elderly people. On the- and Kala <laughs> falls fucking okay. arse over tit, face first onto the ground. Cool. Kala is now prone because that was a nat one on the fucking dexterity saving throw. That's that's fine. Like as long as uh, Alara falls enough to where that she can uh, bonk her head and get her, some of her senses back. 
Uh, what was Ilara's one? Was it a four? A four? Yeah, a It four. was a two plus the modifier. Ilara, because of how badly you failed, I will say roll 1d4. Okay. You're going to take three points of bludgeoning damage as your uh, as the right side, no, left side of your rib cage smacks off the uh, the rounded edge of the table before you hit the ground. Now you make a wisdom saving throw. Ah. Yeah. As you hit the ground, Alara, whatever fogginess you've been feeling on the inside of your head dissipates. Everything becomes clear to you now. Even the, that point, even even the pain in your ribcage. In that point, it's just gonna be. Fuck it! Kill the woman! Kill her! Fucking kill her! Kill her! Kill this bitch! Kill this wrinkly bastard! Just kill her! Are you actually wanting to fight? Fuck it. I'm uh, saying that in a more kind of pissed off kind of tone, but <laughs> obviously because, you know, my mind's been, you know... So, yeah, technically speaking, with the witch falling, I would get an opportunity attack with this as well. So I, I would like something just just I would something. like to use that. I would like to use that and use the opportunity to go in and make my first attack on her with advantage. Okay. I will say everybody get ready to roll initiative after Zyrus has has done his opportunity attack. Alright, cool. So I would like to Let's see. Oh, fuck it. Well, I'm going to hit her as hard as I can. Uh, so I can move through my own ice. So I'm going to move right next to her, use a charge on my staff, which will leave me with uh, seven charges for the, the staff of the day. And I'm going to melee the fuck out of her face. So, let's see, 1d20 plus 6 to hit. That is a nat 1 on the first roll, but a 17 on the second roll. So, 17 to hit. Yep, that'll hit. Cool. Alright, so bludgeoning damage is 1d6, no modifier. 1d6. 6 damage for the bludgeoning, and then okay. the cold is going to be 2d8 7 cold damage <clears throat> okay call your shot uh, I'm gonna whack her in the fucking face okay as your be like, as, down bitch <laughs> as your staff cracks across the side of her jaw you actually feel her jaw slightly dislocate with the force of the blow before she slowly begins to turn her head back towards you and you hear the bones in her neck crunching and cracking as you see this very jolted, jagged, non-fluid-like return to proper form 
of like direction that the the head is is facing you now see this coy smile spread across her face and she just goes well if that's the way it's going to be ah juju <laughs> what the fuck is this bitch everybody roll initiative i rolled a five you rolled a five well thank I you for letting me know juju. Kala is going to... Actually, what's Kala's modifier? Plus three? You know, for a fucking fourth level paladin, a plus three for initiative is not bad. That's a 13, god damn it. Why couldn't she get a nat 20? Uh, the hag is going to... Roll a... 18 for the initiative. Holy fuck. Okay, you guys better be prepared. I am. I have. <laughs> oh shit. Not 20 on Alara's goal. Oh shit. Okay. Regardless of what everybody else fucking rolls, Alara's going first. I don't got a 19. Okay, so order of operations is Alara, Anon, the Hag, Kala, and then Zaris. So, Alara, how would you like to how would you like to kick off the uh, the combat by using the ability you have not used yet? Oh, yeah, <laughs> uh -huh. I'd like to spawn me axe, boy. Your axe? Mine the oh your eldritch weapon. Yeah. Yeah, go uh, ahead. So I need to remember what I need to roll for that to find it here. Mm. Roll for it again. Fucking <clears throat> Kala's, Kala's placement on the uh, initiative. It's painful. It's painful. Okay, I'm not sure I need to put in roll here for this. Um. Uh, let me... Hold on. Okay, so Lara was about well, to use her Warhammer. I got it wrong. My bad. Your packed weapon for the very first time. Uh, before you do that, Zaris, remind me what you chose for your packed weapon. Is it your staff? It's my staff. Yeah, I thought that. I thought that. Okay, Lara, go ahead and roll your first. Well, your words. Go ahead and roll your attack. My attack. I will do. Will do. Never get the Louis suit. Okay. Um, that happened. That's a fucking nat 20. That's two nat 20 so far. Something's gonna go horribly wrong for Alara later, I'm sure. Yes. Okay. So, your damage roll is going to be... 2d8 plus... 4. 2d8 plus 4... Damn! Okay, so at this point, Elera doesn't know what the fuck's just happened. She's just been really pissed off at someone's fucking controller, so she's just like, does a fucking, ah, fucking shout, finds this fucking Warhammer in her fucking hands, and just goes, oh, uh, thanks, Raven Queen. And I'm just gonna aim for the old lady's fucking face. Okay. Just wanna smack her, like, from, uh, our. Well, Alara's right-handed, so it would be she'd be holding like some right hand. So yeah, from uh, Alara's right to her left, so I'm naming for the old lady's left side of her face. 
like kind of cheek area. Yeah, yeah, I understand. So I you... just want to smash her. Yeah. That sounded wrong in the context. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, we don't kink shame in this podcast, okay? Okay. Uh, is there anything else that you would like to do? Any bonus actions? Any movements? I'm just going to say bitch. <laughs> I'm just going to call her a bitch. Okay, moving yeah. on to Anon. Right, so I'm I'm gonna hit her with my rapier. You would have to move ever so slightly closer to do so. And you should have control of your token. Hey. I remembered to set it up properly. Yay! Uh, right, twenty-six, you don't you fucking dare! <laughs> <laughs> Forgive us, folks. Anon may actually scream at our cats every now and again. It's fine. Uh, with I thought she was screaming at my Like, can't you fucking dare get up? That's that's what I thought. Sorry, I thought she was like in character. For... You shouldn't yes. have said DM. It was, yeah. it was a nice, it was a nice surprise. You shouldn't have said. Yes, Anon, that does hit, and yeah. I'm still curious as to why you still got food. I thought you'd have finished it by now. You gave me too much. I gave you what was left. And that was too much. Okay. That the DM won't even bloody cook for us, eh? Okay. I mean... What, okay, first of all, you're in a different... You're like 15 miles away from me, Alara. To, uh, Zaris is about three and a half, three and a half thousand... Oh, no. It's kind of hard to cook for you, someone who's three and a half thousand miles away from you. The listeners will be going, yeah, but there's a thing called delivery. Do you want moldy food, Zaris? Because that's what you'll be getting. I mean... You sure would be moldy no. as you finish cooking it. But it's the thought that counts, like, damn. you know. Damn, okay, okay, damn. <laughs> Go ahead and roll damage, Anon. Let's get back to this fight. Right, and because I have my allies... Um, on the other side of my enemy, it means I get sneak attack. Yes, it does. So 19. that's a 19 oh damage. Oh my god, call your shots. I know. Um, um, sorry, the cat's still after my lasagna. We're in Dolfield. That must be some damn good lasagna shit. Well, it's now the other cat. Do they also hate Mondays? No, they actually... Probably. They, no, no, Mondays don't seem to be a particular pain in their paw. Right, so I, I want to be hitting her over the head, but on the blunt side of the sword. Okay, so okay, you're using so you're... the pommel of it to sort of like cave or like, you know, blunt force damage. Yeah. Okay. I am trying to cave her head in with a blunt instrument. Okay. But it's on the other side of my sword. Okay, then. Moving on, if there's anything else you'd like to do. No, but please excuse me. I'm going to have to go hide my lasagna. Okay, that's fine. Moving on to the hag. Hmm, how much of an asshole do I want to be? This is the first time I've actually gotten to play a spellcaster enemy against you guys so i'm a little bit spoilt for choice 
Okay. Okay. Zaris. You watch as the old hag you watch as the old hag, hag snaps her attention towards you. Her eyes are now completely black. Her claws have grown by about three inches and have got this razor sharp point to them. She outstretches a hand ever so slowly towards you, sort of swiddling her fingers as she does, and then flicks her fingers until they're fully outstretched. I'd like you to make a uh, an intelligent saving throw for me, please. Okay. Just a second. You said intelligence. Intelligence. Uh, you had okay. Look, I, I feel I feel like you're attacking. I am attacking you. I'm, I'm, I'm literally attacking you. Like, I, I, I don't like this. Say, so I don't like this at all. I, I don't say I don't like this at all. I feel like that with me being sick for two weeks, I should have advantage no. on that. Like, no, no. Like, this not, is fucking rude. Not rules is written, bitch. <laughs> this is fucking rude. I remind you that in the earlier sessions, you someone made a bit made a joke about you and made a comment, and you ripped out their fucking eye. <laughs> yeah. well, listen, we're not we're not talking about the past here. We're talking about the present, and in the present, well, the pre I feel like well, the this is rude. In, in the a, uh, eye from the socket while doing the fucking Kali Ma on him. So in the uh, in the present, you're going to take oh fuck. One point is psychic damage. Well, I mean that's better than you know what it could have been. Like uh, you are also going to damage. You are now, you are also going to subtract one d four from any saving throws that you make before the end of your next turn. What subtract one d four? Yes. Okay, so I'm she has, she, she cast mind sliver on you. So I subtract one from a saving. No, 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 You subtract one, no. You don't roll it now. <laughs> oh, I'm I was rolling it to see, okay. like, okay. Okay. how much I would end up subtracting. Okay. okay, in that case, she is going to... Uh, she can't, actually. She can't move, but she can make a claw attack against Alara. Alara, you see... Zaris wince, wince in pain despite the hag not really saying or doing anything that suggests an outright attack she snaps her attention to you and before you have any chance to react if I can get roll 20 to work I'm going to assume that a 20 hits <laughs> <laughs> um Yes, it does. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I was trying to think of that. You see this yeah. you see this hand flash in front of your face and you feel this razor sharp streak across the right side of your 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 face, clawing down in a diagonal pattern and just finishing just before it gets to your throat. You're going to tank Six points of slashing damage. Nice. And that is going to end her turn. 
Tala, after seeing all this uh, go down, is going to close the gap between Ilera and Anon. And is going to... Is there anything that I can actually do that is an offensive spell? Not really, so she is going to go ahead and make an attack with her greatsword. And I have to reset fucking Roll20's advanced dice roller. She's going to miss. Uh, so, Anon and Alera, you see that Kala rushes in between the two of you, her greatsword at the ready, and just as she swings, she doesn't take into account for just how little room there is between the two of you. And the blade just swings down into the floor and just pings off to the side. Bring this on over to uh, Zaris. Okay. So, let's see what... Let's start off with bonus action hex. Okay. Is she still? Did she get up, or is she still down? Uh, she used half her movement to get up. Okay. Because she wasn't moving out of like the immediate space that she was at, I didn't feel like I needed to. Yeah, that, that's why I was asking because I, I I didn't hear that you said that if she had moved at all or yeah, whatever. That's, yeah, that's my bad. Um. Okay, so in that case, I. Damn, that intelligence saving room must have knocked you for six. Well, like, it's kind of difficult because of us all surrounding her. So there's not <laughs> much, like, most, most of my stuff is AOE. Uh, okay, so. I'm going to do this one more time. And then after this, I'm not going to use my staff again. Um. But I'm going to use another charge to go down to six charges off the staff. Okay. I'm going to hit her again. Okay, go ahead. And thank you for reminding me that I am proficient in it because I had forgotten that just now. Was your proficiency so bonus not already built into your rolls? No, no. It was built into the staff itself because of the way that we that the staff was written out. I get a plus six bonus by using a charge. God but then. Damn. But then, uh, with the proficiency bonus on top of that, I get to add an additional plus two. So it goes up so, to plus eight. Yeah. So God damn. Plus eight to hit. Uh, that misses. Eight. So. Here is me thinking, oh, it's great. He's going to have very little chance of failing an attack roll with a plus eight. Yeah, my rolls are shit. Um, 
Okay. You still I'm got to move away. You still got the hex on her. Well, so, the, yeah, the hex is the the hex is like only if I can actually damage. Of to course, it. yeah, 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 yeah. Right. It's just there for extra damage. So I'm gonna move away from her. So five, five, thirty. Okay. I'm gonna move there, and I can't do anything else because. The rest of the stuff that I can do is all bonus action related, and I've already used Hex for the turn. So, I will end my turn there. Alright, moving back on over to Ilara. Ilara wants to play Whack-A-Mole with her hammer. Oh god. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, go ahead and make the attack roll. <laughs> Fuck sake, Whack-A-Mole. <laughs> I'm waiting for it. <laughs> oh, bugger. God damn. All right. Got I'll let you narrate. <laughs> I'll let you narrate that fail. Uh, picks up, picks up the warhammer with her both her hands, lifts it above her head, and then just falls backwards. <laughs> oh my god! He, he said to rate the fail. So <laughs> that's a heavy ass hammer. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Okay. Are you going to move or bonus action or anything like that? Uh, I'll probably have to use my bonus action to stand back up again. No, 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 that's part of your movement. But you, you didn't get knocked prone, you just, like, you took a knee, that's all. Fucking bitch! And that's it. <laughs> okay. The hag is going to use her only legendary action. She's going to turn towards... Hmm. Who do I want to target with this? Yeah... Okay. She's gonna turn towards you, Anon. She's gonna turn to you with her head tilted to one side at a very unnatural angle. Just hold up a singular finger and move it from side to side going, No, no, dear. You're not going anywhere. I need you to make a wisdom saving throw for me. <laughs> as you hear the hag's words going into your brain you feel like all your muscles have gone limp like you don't have the ability to move them in any way shape or form even twitching your your fingers even blinking even flaring your nostrils you physically cannot move you're now paralyzed. And, uh, yeah. That's you. However, <laughs> however, since you are technically next up in the initiative and can't do anything, you can actually make another wisdom saving throw to see if you get out of it. Which 
Sadly. No. <laughs> Sadly, you do not. So that moves on to the hag, who, sensing that the spell has taken roots in your muscular system, she is going to make a claw attack at you. Where did I put it? There it is. I'm guessing that a 13 does not hit. No. Okay. You see the hag take a swipe at you, but seemingly overconfident. She overcompensates for how close you are, and she she actually moves past you ever so slightly. She recoils again, getting back to her original stance and snarls at you before turning to the opposite side where she once remembered Zaris was. Seeing that there is a gap, she's going to move five... 10 feet in order to get away from the three that are situated here. Uh, that brings us on to Kala, who is going to cast Bless on Zarus. So Zarus, you now get to add a d4 to attack and uh, saving throws on your next turn. Uh, you see as Kala turns towards you and says, Cover the door and do not let her go. So, Zaris, that brings you on, brings us on over to you. Okie dokie. Uh, so, now that she is more vulnerable, I am going to ask... I'm going to cast, let's see, cast Ice Wave on her. Okay. So she needs to make a dexterity saving. And I'm not going to mention that she should have took damage the first time that she felt this, but that's fine. She needs to make a dex save? Yes, please. Ten. Fail. So... You're gonna you're gonna fall prone. Okay. When you get back up, your speed is reduced by ten. Which technically it should be reduced by twenty. Failed the first time. Okay. I'll re I'll reduce it by twenty. I'll not I'll not worm my way out of that one. Uh, you'll take one d six cold damage plus the hex, so it'll be two d six. Two d six. Yeah. So I'm gonna d six. You're going to take three points of cold damage. Okay. And you're currently prone, but when you get back up, you will lose 20 feet of movement. I thought I'd already lost it. You lost 10 for the first time you failed it. This one, it will be when you get back up, it will be reduced by 10 when you get back up. So it's, okay. it's basically okay. saying... That you can use half your speed first to get back up, but then you lose 10 feet okay. for the, the remainder of the time. So it, it stacks, so it'll end up being 20 by the end of it. Okay, okay. Gotcha. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Anything else that you'd like to do? Uh, that is my action. Bonus action, I would like to whistle, and I would like to pop out uh, Muffin, please. 
Oh, lovely. I already had him prepped as well. Uh, GM layer. Token layer, and you already have control of him. He would have popped up right here. Yeah, too. it's just that's where I put him on the map. So, uh, so bonus action, uh, whistle. I can't do anything when he's summoned for the the first turn. So he just kind of pops there. Um, but on my next turn, he'll start being able to do stuff. Okay. Uh, so that's bonus action, action, uh, movement. I'm going to move right in front of the door. Uh, and uh, I'm going to call it quits there. Okay. Moving back on to Elara. Yo. What you gonna uh, do, buddy? Uh, well, Alara's gonna move right here towards the lady. And she's gonna turn herself into a Beyblade. Um, oh she is gonna God. take that. <laughs> She is gonna take a hammer. She is going to run around in a circle. Well, in a stationary circle. Go round and round and round and round. And hopefully, she's learned her lesson and she'll hit this person. Alright, go ahead and... Uh... She probably doesn't. <laughs> you you manage to spin yourself around in a circle. You like you start where you originally were, and you knock every single item that was on this table and on this little stack of like crates and that in the corner. You knock it all to the ground. But by the time that you actually get to being within melee range of the hag, you are so dizzy that your shot your your swing just goes wild, like completely off. Hey there, you old hag. Hiya. Ah, dear. You seem to be a little unsteady on your feet. Ah, oh, must be those shite cookies. He didn't try one. Mm, they looked shite. They must have been shite. They smell of shite, so Fuck yeah, sake. shite. Fuck off. <laughs> I got that reference. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, uh, nobody's gonna get that reference. Nobody. <laughs> I think I smell shite. <laughs> I think I smell shite. Definitely shite. Right. Anything else that you're doing, you fucking shite bag. Oh, God, my stomach. Um, <laughs> well, if anything else, ladies and gentlemen, I managed to make Alara laugh tonight. Whether or not she shot herself in the process is another matter. Oh, God. Thank you, anyone. Um, <laughs> and this episode is brought to you by the toilet, where everything is shining. <laughs> yeah, where we got the music by Lulu. Oh, God. Anyway, is there anything else that you're doing on your turn? <laughs> Just gonna say bitch again. <laughs> right, moving on. Moving on to Anon. You uh, can make a wisdom saving throw to see if you can get out of the paralysis. Fucking nat 20. Okay. Because you rolled a nat 20, I will also allow you to have your action. I shall immediately go into stealth. Okay. Go ahead and roll stealth check for me. 
Ten. Ten. You think you're in stealth. I'm I'm hiding behind a leaf. Oh oh my god. A leaf. (laughs) Yep. Yep. Anyway, move if there's anything else that you would like to do, let me know. Nope. Moving on to the hag. Seeing Ilara spin in a completely uncontrolled circle of Warhammer chaos. Uh, the hag is going to go ahead and take a swipe at you. The 16 to hit. Yeah, it would hit. Dealing four points of slashing damage. Ooh. Another four slash. Yep. Thank you she very much. Is then... Well, I'll correct that. She used half her speed to get back up. Uh, so because of the frost wave, she's not going to move anywhere, but she is going to turn to Kala and with this silent presence, she's going to tilt her head to the side and just point a finger in Kala's direction and snap her fingers. Kala needs to make a intelligence saving throw. What is her modifier for that? How does she go? Okay, okay. I'll I'll take that. I don't understand how she's how she's a paladin. She got a plus two to her intelligence, but nonetheless, she fucking failed. That was a five overall. Kala is going to take if I can get that to go down to zero three points of psychic damage and that is going to end the hag's turn also Kala now needs to deduct 1d4 from any saving throws that she makes before the end of her turn uh, but after this wave of pain courses through Kala's mind, she is going to sprint towards the old hag and make an attack uh, with her great sword again, or attempt to anyway. If I can actually find the roll for it, that'd be great. Not fucking twenty. Let's go. Okay, then. Uh, that's going to be... 2d8 plus 2 for 5 slashing damage. You guys watch as Kala cleaves the blade across the old hag's abdomen. But less of the blade coming into contact with the hag as Kala would have liked to you know be successful with the hag is looking beat up and bloody at this point so moving on to monsieur zadis okay well now that everyone is surrounding her again uh let's go start off with 
bonus action. And move this little bugger <laughs> right here. So that way his frost breath goes and does this angle so that Alara and uh <clears throat> what's her face? Kala. Kala, yeah. Kala won't get hit. Okay. So he's gonna do a frost breath in this direction at a diagonal. Okay. Which is another dexterity saving. Uh, of course it is. 21. Uh, that one for sure passes. <laughs> so, uh, you're going to take half of two. You're going to take two cold damage. Okay. All right. So that is the bonus action. Him. For me. No, I get to add hex onto that too. I'm yes, sorry. Yes, you do. Forgot to That's do that. That's your 1d6. Yes, so an additional two because it's still halved. Is it halved? I don't think that the. I don't think the hex is halved because of the deck save, is it? No, yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. I'm reading this wrong. I'm yeah. Reading, yeah, you're, yeah, you're correct. I uh, so it is an additional four plus the two, so six. Yeah. I don't think there is anything that can have the damage of a, uh, yeah, a hex, is there? Yeah, it's wrong. I'll, well, there, technically there is, not but this, like... Not it, this early on. Not this early on. Not this early on, no. Um, but for this, I read it wrong. Um, so that was, okay. that was just... Um, Alright, so that was bonus action. For action, I am going past... Eldritch Blast. Damn. And that will. What is my. Plus five. Eleven to hit. Jesus. Nope. Just. Uh, you're, I... you're a little off. Yeah, that's. That's my only beam that I can shoot right now. That's okay. Uh, so let's see. That's my action. I am going to leave it there. Okay. Bringing us back on over to Ilara. But before you do, Ilara, you see that the hag gets bombarded with the frost breath. And you see that this additional cold damage is seeping into her skin because of uh, Zaris's hex damage. You see that the, the cold damage is now starting to crack, crack her skin and cause it to bleed. You see that most of the damage is around her arms and her shoulders and her... Uh, and what very little of her... Uh, not her torso, her, her chest that you can see. She's looking beat up as hell because of this. She's going to turn to you and say, We're still friends, right? I need you to make a wisdom saving throw for me. You bastard. 
You pass just. Yeah, no. You're free to go about your turn. And then I want to try and do whack-a-mole again. <laughs> are you doing actual whack-a-mole or are you trying to impersonate a solar titan from Destiny 2? No, I didn't. I actually just, no, I didn't. Oh, when, I said, whack, when I said whack-a-mole, I meant like overhead fucking attack. And when I said uh -huh. Beyblade, I meant spin round. Uh -huh. So I want to do whack-a-mole. Oh, I want to smash her skull in with my hammer. Let's, let's go with the ladder because at least that one deals like a million damage. So like insta-kill right there. <laughs> Listen, there's no way I'm letting you deal one million damage in my D&D campaign. Please, 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 please. Please let me have this. Oh, God. No. No. You didn't equip the exotic. Why didn't you equip the exotic? <laughs> <laughs> Anything else you would like to do, Ilera? I'd want to, I want to kick her in the fucking face, but I've used my action, so I kind of uh -huh. can't. So, uh, I'll, I'll just... Oh, oh, oh right. No. Um, gonna, uh, after I failed the attempt, I'm just gonna have my warhammer, gonna place it on the ground with my hands will rest on this pummel. Don't hurt this. No, oh, wait. Don't hurt this. Don't hurt this poor, defenseless old woman. She's, she's, um. She's, 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 she's been defeated. She. She, we we shouldn't do any more harm to her. But as I'm, am I able to like wink at Zaris as I'm doing that? I would say make a deception check at disadvantage. I want to try and wink at Zaris to kind of say, "Look, don't yeah, fucking attack but me. she's right in front of you and facing you as well." Yeah, but I'll, oh no, the way I planned it was like I stood up, turned around a little bit, and then sort of said, like, kind of projecting it to the others where I thought that. So, wisdom with disadvantage. No, 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 no. deception with disadvantage. Deception, deception with I say, yeah. why, are you, why are you rolling your wisdom savings throw, bro? That's actually good of it. Please be a better this time. So, with disadvantage, so number one should be going through. Number two. Well. Well, that's something. You rolled a nine and an eight, so you wink at Zaris, but it's that slightly over-exaggerated uh, comedic wink. Uh, you you feel that despite your best efforts at trying to be, uh, you know, sly about it, you, you didn't do a very good job. So. Okay. Bringing us on over to Anon, who's in stealth right now, or believes that they are in stealth. Right, so I am going to move around. To there, and I'm going to hit her with my rapier. Okay, okay. Nineteen. 
and has 18 damage. How do you want to do this? Can I decapitate her? Are you using a dagger or your rapier? I'm using my rapier. Rapier is a piercing weapon. Okay, then I skew her eyeball like a kebab. Fucking hell. Okay. Sure. Like both of them. Wait, how are you gonna get both how are you gonna get both of them in one attack? I'm slightly sideways on. Okay, sure. You can uh, create those Valentine's Day arrow hats, right? <laughs> Oh god. Yeah, sure. You managed to skewer both of the the hag's eyeballs in one perfectly placed stabbing motion. You uh you take your you retrieve your rapier and you all just watch as the hag just slumps to the ground before just withering and beginning to crumble, leaving nothing but the clothes that she was wearing beforehand. Nice. What's happening to the house now that she's dead? Well, she's hit the ground, so... Nothing's happening in the immediate sense. Alara, squash her head with your hammer. The body's I... not there. She's crumbled away. Burn the clothes. <laughs> Burn the clothes. Burn I the... mean... If you want to burn her clothes, by all means, go ahead. I'm not going to stop up, you. Picks up clothes, goes to the fire, throws them in. Okay, you have successfully burnt an old woman's clothes. <laughs> goes back, goes, and then I'm just going to actually... Can just... I throw the old woman in the fire? What? Can I throw the old woman in the there's fire? No, there's no You're body. Not her body went to a crisp. She, oh. she turned into not so well, Mr. Stark. So oh <laughs> my god. <laughs> we can pick up a jar and maybe so, pick up the remains, but so I many don't... so many Marvel fans are just gonna be adding me on Twitter because of that. I mean that was great. Oh. I quite did that, and I'm a Marvel I... fan. <laughs> I... And then at that point, I, I, I burned the clothes. I'm just going to stand and look at my fucking Warhammer going, okay, how the fuck did this happen? The fuck? <laughs> I want to search for any relics or artifacts that I keep myself because this place is very magical, so it probably has a lot of magical items. Go ahead and make an investigation roll. Are you sure they'll be real? <laughs> investigation. <laughs> the house ain't real, so. No, the house is real. It's just got an illusion placed on top of it. Weren't you listening? Eighteen. Eighteen. So you take a, a you take a couple of minutes to examine the the tables and benches across this back wall. You find strangely, you find three healing potions, regular healing potions. You find a small pouch of what looks to be like very genetic and very low level very close to 
being expired uh, spell components. You know, just low-level uh, materials that could be used for simple spells, but they're that old that they're on the verge of not being usable anymore. Uh, apart from that, it's just little tinctures that you don't quite know what they do or how they were made. It's just various different tiny little vials of different colored substances. Well, what I will ask is how long do you plan on do you plan on investigating? I mean, I know this place is an illusion, I would assume, by this point. So, I wouldn't search for long, knowing that this place is not actually... Okay. Uh, so, I would probably say just take a couple of minutes just to rummage around to see if I find any use. Okay. And then kind of just that hey we probably need because no telling what this place will actually do now that she's dead so who's to to say she's dead fair Anon what are you doing I want to go okay is out the so Anon's gone. She's like straight up left. Bye. <laughs> what about the the rest of you? Kala is going to Kala's going to follow suit. Kala doesn't want to be in this house anymore. She just wants to. <clears throat> she wants to leave. I want to roll. I'm going to roll one last Arcana check to see if, that I missed. If I didn't miss anything, then I would like to grab that. But if I if I don't roll high enough, then I'll just. Okay. Yeah, I'll just leave. Oh, did you roll again? It was like your it was your second one, your ten. But yeah, the second roll okay. was a. Ten. My first roll was the investigation roll on an eighteen investigation. To find much in anything. Okay. Certainly, an arcana of ten is not going to. You don't see anything that piques your interest, but you do notice that the illusion is beginning to wear off. the The back sort of third of the floor space has now changed from that reasonably okay-ish condition wood to being rotten and decayed to where it looks like it's that bad, badly decayed where if you were to put your body weight on it, you'd fall right through. Gotcha. So the illusion is beginning to wear off. Yeah, I'll just leave. Okay. You guys <laughs> saddle up, you guys begin to continue your way along down the road towards the capital. I'll say that it is early afternoon by this point, and for the sake of just sort of expediting the traveling process, because we all know how uh, long-winded that it can get, I'll say that you guys spend about six more hours traveling along the road. Fairly uneventful, just quiet travel. You do notice that the landscape of the Darklands is beginning to change back into a more healthy, uh, healthy geological condition, very much so to, uh, compared to what you saw in the tribal plains a couple of days ago. 
you get across what you can assume is the border of the region uh, before it gets to the middle of the evening. Another hour goes by and you begin to see uh, a dim yellow light on the horizon. Not too far, maybe about an hour away from you. By the time you reach it, you notice that you're at the very first set of, first uh, instances of a city. You're approaching Armdale. But it doesn't look like the Armdale that you guys have heard the stories about. That you've heard the fables of. Zaris, you've been to Armdale once. Many, many, many years ago. Though you came from a different direction, you've never come from this path before. What you're seeing now doesn't fit your memory of what you know about the city. The towering, pristine, white marble circular wall that acts as the, you know, the first sign of the city. What you're seeing now resembles a much larger proportion of what you saw in Valorondir. And as you get closer and closer and closer to it, you start to see that there's a lot of similarities between Valorondir's lower ring, the poorest part of the city, and what's in front of you. The road eventually merges into one of just dirt-ridden cobblestone. And as you ride into the first welcoming portion of the city, the sky is darkening, most of the, uh, the natural light is coming from the moon. There are lanterns and oil lamps and torches all across the either side of the street, giving a really good warming, sorry, warming glow to the streets ahead. It's middle of the evening, so foot traffic is reasonably well-paced. You take a look around and you see the people of this part of the city and they're filthy, caked in dirt. Their clothes are tattered and ragged and torn. Hand-me-downs that must have been passed down by generations, multiple generations. Some of them, their shoes are so worn that the soles are flapping with every single step. The buildings are in terrible condition. Some of them don't even have roofs. Some of them don't have doors. Some of them don't have windows. Some of them are missing entire walls and are held up just by supporting concrete pillars that don't even look like they're built to last. They're just a, a patch job. They're a temporary fix to a long-term problem. People are sitting directly on the streets. You see them miserable, caked in dirt. Not a smile to be seen. You get past this one individual, a gangly, thin human male, in this, what you could imagine when it was originally made was a pristine white shirt. You would be mistaken to believe that it is brown by nature because of the dirt and how stained it would be because of how long it's been since it was washed. Short hair that doesn't look like it's been washed in months fingernails that are jagged and dirty and caked in grease, grime and all manner of dirt. He looks up to you as you ride past and Zarus, you hear this first. Oh, I missed her. 
spare a couple copper to get me my only meal of the day. Um. Can I roll an insight check to see it? Yeah, go they ahead. Act go ahead. Twelve. This man that looks like he hasn't eaten in days. Uh, I'll give him. Uh. I'll give him five silver. I'm assuming you just pass the coin down to him as you're going past. Or do you, do you, are you getting off your horse to give it to him or are you just doing it whilst you're still saddled up? I'll get off the horse and discreetly hand him five silver. He looks at the coins in his hand and he goes, listen, mister, this is too much, mate. I only asked for a couple of copper. I mean, folks in this neighborhood ain't seen silver in years. Just take it and share it amongst those that you trust. So, the day. Thank you. Thank you so much, sir. God's bless you as well. God's bless all of you who are traveling with this man. Thank you so much for your generosity. Greatly appreciate it. You see him as he gets up and he scurries off down the street. He slips into uh, an alleyway and just off in the distance you hear this door closing and he's gone. You continue to ride through the streets. You see more and more people sitting with their backs to either closed doorways or walls or tree stumps. The mood in this part of the city is fucking miserable. You ride for about 10 more minutes before you see a patrol of four crowns guard begin to make their way towards you. But behind them, in shackles, is a six foot tall, unnaturally thin orc. This orc is bound, hands and feet, with a piece of cloth in his mouth to stop him from talking. You see the, the one leading the patrol moving people out of the way. Not very politely either. Like, generally moving people out of the way. You see him, Alright guys, move along. Move along. Don't get in the way. Official crimes guard business. Oi! You, you four! With the horses! Get out of the way! Come on! Move! Excuse me? Get out the fucking way! What? By God, don't make me ask a third fucking time. Ask what? He gives a nod to the, the crowns guard on his left. And you see this particular crowns guard begin to move uh, closer and closer to you, Alara. Alright, guys, come on. Official crowns guard business. We need you to, you know, move aside so that we can get past. Mm. Look, just, we're trying to do a job here. Just move aside so we can get past. That's all we're asking. Your buddy could work a bit fucking better in his delivery. <sighs> Listen, it's been a day. So, 
Just do everybody a favor, yourselves included. Do me a favor. And just move aside. Neat guys, let's move. We've had our fun. Well, I've had my fun. Thank you. All right, Sarge, they're going to move. Bring them on. You see as the, the sergeant adjusts himself before uh, clutching the shackles even tighter, tugging the orc. Despite this, the fact that this Crown's Guard sergeant is only about five foot eight, he's like a decent bit shorter than the orc. You know, him tugging at the chains, it, it doesn't make the orc move. I mean, it, it pulls the chains taut for a split second before the orc begins to shuffle forth again. The sergeant draws level to you, Anon. Just looks and goes, These fucking people. Never get out of the fucking way and never respect the authority of the Crown's Guard. Any of you saying anything? <clears throat> what was that, buddy? Oh, no. Um... I'm just keep going. I said, I said that you people have no respect for the authority of the Crown's Guard. Otherwise, you're a fucking captain. I'd like to go into stealth, please. (laughs) Go ahead and roll a stealth check, Anon. The sergeant looks at you and goes, I think I rolled the wrong thing. I was about to say, you've got plus nine to your stealth? Twenty-four. Twenty-four. Yeah, you managed to to slip unseen. What are you doing with your horse, though? Horse is also in stealth. Oh my god. <laughs> okay, okay, yeah, uh, with a twenty-four, I'll give you that. The sergeant looks to you in lair and goes, a captain's name is Captain Fuck Off. All right. Well, we've been sent here by, well, first of all, you fucking version of Crane's Guard, a fucking piss poor. Gregory Slane fucking sent us to fucking check out how you guys were fucking doing, and you're going to speak to fucking people sent, but I'm sure Slane would fucking love that. Fucking, when I fucking speak to him, I'll try and get you fucking demoted, you bastard. Try adjusting your fucking mana. Like, okay, Sorry. I have to say this. I love the fact that Alara went in a completely different accent just there. Yep. Like, that, that was beautiful. I love it. Sergeant, I'm not the why Alara does that, but uh, maybe later on. Sergeant looks at you for a really long second. Like, he's eyeing you up and down, left to right, front and back. He just looks to his man and goes, Here, lads. When was the last time a Valorandir mayor had jurisdiction in Am- Amdale? Surely that would be, uh, well, let me think. Oh, aye. Never. Oh, right, aye, well, oh, you know what, mate, let's have a wee quiet word, fucking, let's go fucking new, let's fucking go. Listen, I've got a job to do, I've got a job to do, I'm transporting this man, you're going on your way. If you're oh, here for mate, you're calling that a man who you're just dragging by a fucking chain? You don't know what he's done. Oh well, why don't you tell me what he's fucking done? Hey, you see the the sergeant walk up to the orc, reach up, rips the cloth out of his mouth, and goes, 
Why don't you tell him yourself there, big man? You want to tell these fine folk what we've arrested you for? The orc just looks down and begins to very slowly shake his head. No, 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 go ahead. Go and tell him. Go on. We'll make sure you get a warm cell if you do. You see the orc looks at you, Alara, and just says, Uh, I stole from the Crown's Guard. <laughs> that's, that's what you can! <laughs> I need you to go first, but thank you very much! Okay, thank you! The sergeant looks at you and just goes, Murder! All that! All that! He... Just because he stole... What did you steal? Your pencil? That's none of your fucking business. Now be on your way. This is done. Men, move. You see as the... The three crowns guard behind them begin to... Shuffle the orc forward. They begin to move past you. All four of you. Kala looks at you, Zaris, and goes... This is nothing like I've heard about Armdale. This doesn't even look like a city. This is a slum. Yeah, it sure does seem like it. I heard stories of Armdale being the cleanest of all cities. Like it was touched by the gods. Like, you know, it was the wealthiest part of the world. I guess not all <laughs> stories are as true as people make them out to be. You guys, so it would seem. You guys continue to ride for a, another couple of minutes. You feel like you're actually getting out the other end of this neighborhood as you begin to see a road that stretches out away from all the buildings. About 500 feet down this road is the signature wall that you've all heard the stories of. The Great Wall of Amdale. Circular in nature but so vast that the curvature makes it look flat at this perspective that you're looking at it. You see a gate, and traveling towards this gate is a long string of caravans and convoys and carts, people on foot. It takes you a good 45 minutes, nearly an hour. At this point, it's late in the evening. You get to the gate, and this place is heavily guarded. I'm talking, there are multiple squadrons of Crowns Guard patrolling the outer perimeter. There's four Crowns Guard on each side and they're conducting searches on every single person that is coming into this gate. It takes you a while before you're next in line. But the Crowns Guard call you forward, this big burly goliath red-skinned goliath with white tribal tattoos across his face in the most pristinely kept crowns guard armor you've ever seen in your lives he's holding a massive halberd in one hand and a shield in the other he looks to you and goes all right step forward for inspection come on have your papers ready Cool. He looks to you, Alara, and goes, Papers. Uh, I'll go into my bag and I'll pass the letter that Slane sort of left for us after, uh, oh, they were doing the 
talking about common rose that goes in that layer, but the star of I'm sure he gave us some sort of pass, if I remember right. Or am I he wrong? He takes the letter from you, reads it over, and the more he reads it over a letter, you see this visible wave of confusion washing over his face. He hands it back to you and goes, This ain't your travel papers. Where's your travel papers? <sighs> he looks down the line of all four of you and goes, Travel papers at the ready. Come on. Three. You. I'm still in stealth. Oh, you're still in stealth. Okay. Sorry. My bad. Look, buddy. Gregory Slane sent us here. Okay. We're investigating someone that's used to be very trusted in Valeron Deer and they've. They've sort of turned. He were in, he was in a rush to get us get a saint. That here to may track be him. all well and good, miss. But this is a letter for a discount on services of an alchemical nature. These ain't your travel papers. If you don't have travel papers, I can't let you into the city. How much? Because Slain sent us here. He, 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 he Listen, never, he, I don't care if the deliverer himself sent you here. If word gets in that I've let people in with no travel papers, without being inspected, I'll be in the docks and I'll be hung before nightfall of tomorrow. Then you don't have to tell anyone about this. Simple. <sighs> Look, listen, I, I know you've got a job to do. I know it's important. You're going to get listen, your beheaded or locked up. If I don't do this now, listen, then answer me this. Through. Answer me this. Yes or no, no other answers. Do you guys have travel papers? Guys, do you have travel papers? Kala looks to you and says, I didn't know we needed them. <sighs> she looks past you, Alara, and goes, Sir, you're going to have to forgive me. I'm. I'm new to this group. I'm from the tribal plains. I come from Skata. You see the Goliath scratching his head saying, Skata. Oh yeah, I've heard of that village. Okay. Well, miss, you do need travel papers. What about the rest of you? You two, travel papers. Alright, so if you can think of something, now would be a good time, buddy. I've been trying to save my travel papers. Right. If you don't have travel papers, I need you to follow the road down to your left. Just follow the wall. You'll get to another gate. Ask for Brom. 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 We know him, fella. You can't miss him. Well, I, 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 I don't, I don't say you not seen the the I, I, irony there, but. I guess it's... Brom, thank you, buddy. Thank you. Thank you. Right. If that's all, if you don't have travel papers, then go down there. He'll yeah. sort you out. Just do as he says. Just you know what? Because you've actually been so helpful here, have this. I'm going to give him a gold coin. He looks at your outstretched hand with a gold coin in it and says, I'm really sorry. We can't take payment from civilians. Look, I'm not buying anything from you. I'm that just giving may be you the case, coin. That may be the case, miss, but we can't be seen to be taking payments of any sort from any civilians. Okay. 
Cool. I appreciate it. I know it's a nice gesture, but we can't be seen to be taking money from civilians. Right. Cool. Cheers. Thanks. Adon, what are you doing at this point? I'm trying to go past him. I will say, because you've traveled this far in stealth, I'll make you roll another one. 23. Okay. You actually managed to blend in with another small group of travelers that two other crowns guard are in the, in the process of inspecting their cart, and you managed to slip past uh, and enter the city with them. You're in the clear. You're through. As for the three of you, you guys travel down towards the... You, tr you follow the curvature of the wall down to your left, approximately 200 feet. You get to another gate, again, heavily guarded by Kransgaard. There's approximately eight of them, all heavily armored, all heavily armed. And you see this massive, massive causeway set into the stonework of the wall that goes the entire depth. Big iron gates that must be about 80 feet tall. The front one is open. You see a Crown's Guard flag you down and go, Alright, that's far enough. State your business. Uh, we've come from Valorondir. We spoke to... Oh, I didn't catch this guy's name, the Goliath, up there. We didn't actually have papers. Long story short, we were sent by Mayor of Valorondir to come to the town, and we, the Goliath told us to look for a guy named Brom. He looks at you visibly stunned and confused and goes, Miss, that's a lot of information to state in 10 seconds. Oh, wait, who's... Oh, what? You're here to see Brom. We're looking for Brom. You're looking for, Brom. looking for Brom, right. Let him pass. Right. Go in here. It's the first alleyway on the left. Thank you kindly. You will have to dismount your horses. There's a couple of posts that you can pitch them up on. You can leave them there whilst you go and see him. Yeah, that's fine. I'll, I'll, I'll pitch mine up. Okay. You dismount your horses and you you actually see that it's not so much an alleyway. It's a approximately 20 foot gate. Big iron gate that resembles. It's a smaller version of the main gate uh, of this section of the wall. You see them begin to turn a crank and it raises the gate upwards allowing you guys enough room to get through them. You go down this alleyway that has a singular door on the right hand side. You see one of the crowns guard knock a couple of times on the door and open it up. And it's actually an office. The three of you go in and you see this short, really heavy set gnome. Like a gnome that's let himself go for a couple of years. Overindulgence is getting the better of him. He's barely fitting into the armor that he's been given. You can tell that, you know, he's had this for a considerable number of years. Back when he was in a little bit slimmer of his days. You see him huddled over this desk that has got just this mountain of paperwork on it. You see him look up and go, Right. And, uh, let me guess. You guys are the millionth group that I'm seeing today that don't have any fucking travel papers. You'd be correct there, Paul. You'd be correct, I... Deliverer's fucking beer to save me from today. 
Right, take a seat, all three of you. Okay, this might take a while. Right, take a seat. Right. First order of business. I have to inform you. I'm under obligation to inform you. You have stepped into a zone of truth. You cannot deliberately tell a lie. You can be vague. However, I will have to report any vagueness to your, of your answers to the following questions in my official report. Yes, I have to report all entrance of people into the city. It's just my job. The questions are nothing personal. I'm not trying to get to know you in any way, shape, or form. This is just so that we can keep a track of who comes in and out of the city. So, without further ado, starting from left to right, with you, miss, what's your name? You see Carla, who's sitting on the, on the left in comparison to the three of you. She takes a seat and says, uh, name's Carla. Right, and where do you hail from, Miss Carla? I hail from the tribal plains. Um, more distinctly, I come from Skata. Excellent, another tribal member. Excellent, we love to see more of our brethren in the city. Right, uh... Lady who did the talking when she came in. What's your name and where have you come from? Elaire Adaragon Valarondir. You see him. He's got three different uh, papers laid out. He's written down Kala and where she comes from. She's writing down where you come from. What about you, sir? Zaris. And outside of uh, uh, character. What is the name of the continent? Arcata. That's what I thought it was. <laughs> I'm not gonna write that down before I forget. We never officially <laughs> talked about it person to person. So right. it's like it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's cool. It's cool. I was, like, I was like, I didn't pick it up as born from. I just said, Oh, I came from this location, so that's why I went with that. It's okay. I do allow a little bit of creative freedom. Um as long as it is within the confines of the, the world that we're we're playing in, that's fine. But yeah, you see him, uh, you see him scribbling it down, and he goes, right, okay. Now into some of the more personal questions. He points to Kala. Religious affiliation, if any. Kala just points to a small sigil that's on her plate armor and says, um, I'm a follower of Ash. Oh, great. Oh, another Ash follower. Right, as if we haven't got too many of them in the fucking city as it is. Right, miss, you in the middle. Um, Valorondir. Any you mean like any religion? Or... If you follow any, then yes. And this is a truthful spell you got around. It's, correct? A, zone, it's a zone of truth. You cannot tell a deliberate lie, but you can be vague. But I do have to warn you if you are vague, I have to report that you've been sketchy about your religious affiliations. Raven Queen. Right. You see him scribbling it down. You see that he's it, the amount he's scribbling down doesn't look like he's just writing Raven Queen. He looks to you and goes, "Okay, first time I've had to do this today. I am uh, I'm obliged to inform you that, despite the fact that we are a very tolerant city and we're a very tolerant culture here in Zagreb." The Raven Queen is not one of the formally recognized deities under the, uh, the Vardorian rule. However, that does not mean to say that worship in any way, shape, or form of such deity is prohibited. It just means that people may have questions. Not a lot of people 
are very well educated in the deities and the gods outside of the common gods. So be prepared. If you ever get asked questions, it's nothing personal. It may just be from a completely curious standpoint. And uh, yeah, some people might be a little bit hesitant when they find out that your primary deity of worship is not one of the, the gods recognized by the crown. How about you, sir? The ice queen. He looks to you confused and he spins round and clutches a book off of the shelf behind him. He begins rapidly flicking through. He, you see that he gets to about the halfway pay, uh, point in the book and he keeps on going. Gets to about three quarters of the way through the book. Keeps on going. He gets to the end of the book, closes it shut, throws it behind him, doesn't even bother to put it back, just tosses it over his shoulder and goes, You'll have to forgive me. Um, I have not encountered any knowledge about a Ice Queen, so I may actually be intrigued in a off-the-record, off-duty follow-up conversation with you in the future if you would be willing to participate. You don't have to. It's mainly just my nosiness and my curiosity getting the better of me. Hello? Hello? I said sure. Oh, it didn't come through. <laughs> Not bad. No, no, it's, it's okay. It's okay. I kind of okay. thought that we would have this sort of issue at some point tonight, but it's fine. Um, he just, he scribbles it down and he goes, okay, occupation. Since you're all traveling together, I'm assuming that you have a similar occupation uh, shared amongst the three of you. So, what do you do for a living? Kala looks at him and says, well, I'm the daughter of the village chief, though these fine people have actually enticed me enough to leave the city and sort of see the world uh, for the first time. So I guess in an extremely vague and extremely loose term, I'm an adventurer. He, go, he writes it down and goes, right, adventurer. Are you an adventuring party by any chance? Looking more towards you, Aleta, and Zaris. I mean, it's sort of a 50-50 sort of thing. Yes. Yes. Yeah. yes. Um, simplify it, yes. Right. Excellent. Makes things so much easier. Okay. Now, I do have to ask if you're carrying any of the following items or things on you. Um, weapons. Yes or no? Kala raises a hand. Kala raises a hand and says, "I'm carrying a great sword and a shield, but they're out with my horse just now, uh, purely for defensive capabilities." Elara, I'll take out my rapier and I'll take out my cleaver. <laughs> you see, you, you see, Brom like shift back as far as he can physically go in his seat, and he just goes, "Okay, Miss. Uh, okay, um." Making me a little uncomfortable there with those their weapons. Uh, could you kindly put them away? I were just showing you there that I had them because they're. Uh, I'll put them away. I'll, that's I'll put them understandable. Away. It's uh, I, I'm I'm more of a desk person. I don't see v weapons very often, so the the sight of them is a little startling to me. Um, what about you, sir? 
I'm a warlock, so I can summon. I'll snap, summon my staff, snap again, unsummon it. Oh, spellcaster. I've got a, a funny feeling that you'll do well in this city. Lots of, uh, lots of calls to arms for spellcasters of various capabilities. So, let me just give it a second and write all that down, and okay. Now, this is the big one. Do any of you have any ties to any criminal organizations that may or may not represent a threat to the crown? Kala looks to Brom and just says, well, I've never left my village until a couple of weeks ago. So I think that's going to answer your question. You see Brom just scribble very rapidly on uh, Kala's paper. Looks to you, Aletta. And what about you? I mean, there's been different methods towards certain tasks, but they've not exactly been breaking your laws. Um, it's not so much that, miss. It's more, are you affiliated with any criminal organizations that may represent a threat to the crown? Oh, God, no. God, no. God, no. No, 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 no. Not at all. Not at all. Roll a persuasion check. Because you're being slightly truthful, but you're not 100% truthful. You said I could be vague, so I was being vague. Yes. Right, so what? Perception? No, Pers no sorry, persuasion. Uh, persuasion. Okay, okay. Please, well, oh my god, give me a good roll. Oh god! <laughs> Brom sits forward and leans ever so slightly into the desk and says, Right, well, pardon me for being so blunt, but you came into my office armed. I don't mean that in you were looking for trouble, but your two companions here he can summon his weapon. She left hers out with the, the steeds that she rolled in on. So, there's only really one faction of people, or adventurers, that would commonly keep their weapons on them at all time. And those are bounty hunters. I've seen enough in my day. I've had to process enough in my day. So, I'm going to ask you again. Are you or are you not affiliated in any way, shape, or form with any criminal organizations or factions that could be seen to represent a threat to the crown? You obviously managed to <clears throat> work out exactly who I was, a, a bounty hunter. So I, I would like to say no. However, if, you know, said groups I've had contact with to get through or avoid if they find out about me, possibly, I would highly think no, because I'd keep myself very sort of subtle, very kind of hidden, but, you know, being a bounty hunter kind of puts a big red dot on your head, so... Right, let me put it I, to you, let, let me make this a little easier for you. You said you came from Valorondir. What uh, route did you take to get here? Too dark, too. Sails all the way to Dark Toe, went through the tribal plains to Scarath and back through the tribal plains to here. Right. And whilst you spent, well, spent your time in Dark Toe, did you do any business for anybody? I had to even out a debt with a Dark King. 
Right. So, but I cleared my name with them. So you're not in the employ of the Dark Kings themselves, then? No, 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 no. Right. It was really, I caused them a bit of, let's just say, inconvenience. And in order for me to leave there with my life, I had to do, I had to kind of help them out with a thing. But right. that, okay. that makes it, cleared, so. That makes things yeah. a lot simpler. Turns to you, Zaris, and says, I'm assuming you traveled with your friend here, and I'm assuming that you also came through Darkco. <clears throat> I'm assuming that you also had something to do with the predicament that your friend here found herself in with regards to having to even out a debt with the Dark Kings. So I'm going to write on both of your forms that you have come into contact with the Dark Kings, but you're not under their employ, nor, nor are you officially affiliated with them in any way, shape, or form. My ruling is... That would be correct. My ruling is that you do not represent a threat to the Crown. Now, I have one um, final question. What is your main business for coming to Armdale? We were sent here by Gregory Slain. He perks up. I, at the, he perks up I, at the mention of the mayor's name. I anyway. actually have two objectives. You were sent here by the mayor of the the port city, right? Yeah. We and yeah. Uh, and what business would a Valoran dear mayor have in the city of Armdale, where he is effectively overstepping his jurisdiction? I can still be vague in this truth thing, right? I, I, you can I be vague. Yeah. You can be vague, can be but vague. you cannot tell a lie. <clears throat> Mayor was betrayed by someone he, he trusted. Uh, turned out that said person decided to go and work for people trying to overthrow and destroy the city. Join, join links to said Dark Kings. Uh, so we helped clear out the city, but the traitor ran away. We found said traitor, but before we did, we got given this this letter, and I'll give I'll, I'll show him the the list of like the reward we got for helping them to kind of prove that you know we did actually help him in that. So I'll show that kind of letter. Look, have a have a look at the have a look at the thing he he, he gave to us after we helped him. Just. Have a look at that. He takes it from you and begins to read over it. He pays very close attention to the signature that's at the bottom of the, the parchment. He takes a second to look at it and hands it back to you and goes, Okay, seems legit. So, if I'm getting this right, you help the mayor uproot someone who was betraying him. He sent you to go after them, which took you away from Valorandir. And... In swings and roundabouts has led you here. Correct. Right. So, one of two things is going to have to happen. And this is entirely down to the choices that the three of you make. You can choose whichever one you want. Either you can be granted entry into the city, you can resume your business in the morning, you can find the local Crown's Guard barracks and report it to either the sergeant or the captain, whoever will listen to you. Or, 
you can go down the slightly more difficult route and you can go and see the district mayor who may or may not listen to you depending on how well you can convince him. I will say that letter may help you. However, I will have to report this to my higher ups that a Valorondier mayor has overstepped their jurisdiction and sent a group of people into the city on what he is classing official business. Now, I don't know how well you guys are equated with society here in Amdale, but anyone who is granted official entry into the city is also granted a residence. He begin. He uh, reaches uh, over to his left hand side, pulls out this massive rolled up map and begins to unfurl it on the table. He scatters massive amounts of papers in the process. He's pulling up a map of the city, and across this map, you can see that a lot of it has been scored out, as in like scribbled. He looks at he's. Uh, in fact, if you guys actually pull up the Actually, I don't think I posted it. Give me one second and I will post that right now in the images thread. Uh, Duckies and Dargons. Where is it? Graphical resources, maps, world, Armdale, open. If it'll post. There we go. So, looking at the map, uh, it's really good that this is the one that's got the numbers on it as well. This, so, this is my favorite. This is my favorite. Yeah. Uh, this gives you guys. This gives you a scope of the size of the city as well, and just how densely populated it is. So, you see that everything on the left-hand side, upwards of the number one, which is where you guys are at the moment. Is all scribbled out. You also see that that cluster of circles in the center, where the economic that, that's the economic sector, but it is known to be a, a slightly residential sector as well. The outer ring, all except from the top right, no, top left hand wedge, so just to the left of the the central line, all of that is scribbled out as well. There are only about two or three of the little segments at the top of the map, uh, the northern uh, curvature of the map, that are unscribbled. You see Brom placing a figure on the wedge of the economic sector that is untouched. And he goes, Residence here is available. It's one of the slightly more expensive sectors of the city. However, quality of life is good. You'll have all of your amenities in close proximity. It's fairly safe. It's uh, a relatively well-kept portion of the city. You see him put his finger on one of the tiny wedges that's on the northern uh, part of the curvature next to the number four. And he goes, this is more the agricultural sector of Amdale. Plenty of naturally grown crops. Fertile soil for growing. Houses are in good condition. Rent prices are... They're affordable, considering if you manage to keep steady employment and steady income. And then he points his finger 
to this tiny little neighborhood just to the right of the number two. And he goes, Residency here on the outskirts of the noble sector is pretty pricey. Here you will have no problem when it comes to disturbance or crime or disorder or uh, any sort of antisocial behavior. However, it will cost you a pretty penny. This is one of the more heavily guarded areas of the city. But with such security and such a lavish lifestyle does obviously come a increased cost. So, you have your choice. Residency is, like I've said, given to you uh, upon official entrance to the city. So I do need you to basically pick somewhere to live. Let's go through prices. Right. Well, he points his, uh, he puts his finger down on the map, on the, the wedge of the economic sector. He says, residency here will cost you 300 gold a month. Due on the first, as with all rent, regardless of the price. He puts his finger on the, uh, the little neighborhood that's in the agricultural sector. He says, up here, 200 gold a month. Little less because it's not situated in the busiest part of town. And it's not situated close to as many uh, amenities and services. But given the good land and the, the well-kept buildings, it's marginally cheaper. And then he points his finger on the, the tiny little section of the, the outskirts of the noble se uh, sector and says, this is where it gets pricey. Residency here is 900 gold a month. But as I've already stated, it's one of the best parts of the city. It's one of the most well-guarded. No crime, no antisocial behavior. You'll have access to, provided that you behave yourselves, uh, converse and meet some of Armdale's finest and best people. Everywhere from some of the top uh, law officials to, if you're incredibly lucky, you may even be granted the ability to converse with some of the Vardorian High Council. But, then again, only the richest of the rich and the most elite ever get an audience with the Vardorian High Council. So, chances of that, regardless of where you live, is pretty much like walking into a tavern and seeing the gods themselves. I have a session real quick. Uh, when we got that chest in the last session, right? That was... 3,000 each, was it? If I remember right. Yes. On top yeah. of... If we, on top if we of, split it between the, the four or five of roughly around 150 a month. That's in the economic sector, yeah. Yeah. Because if we want to try and get contact with this mayor, we're going to have to go for the... Well, not mayor, with, with the law officials, we're going to have to go for the higher place, but then that's... To be, well, that okay, brings to be off clear, my second point. To be clear, you can gain access through various different means and various levels of difficulty to any part of the city, regardless of where you live. Just because you live in the agricultural sector doesn't mean that you'll never be able to get into the noble sector. Just because you live in the noble sector will never mean that you'll never be allowed to go into the, the agricultural sector. You, you have free access to 
the entire city, but it'll be harder to get into the noble sector unless you do something to get yourselves connections or to fit in or look like you belong there, or if you build up a reputation of good standing. You know, stuff like that will help you like going through without being questioned every single second by the grounds guard. So you can I say we go to the noble sector because we're not going to be here, I don't think, for longer than a month. If anything, we'll accumulate money while we're here, regardless of that. So if we split it between all of us, we'll accumulate enough money to be able to stay in the noble sector long enough to get what we can get out. That's exactly what I was thinking, Anon. What were you thinking? Well, Anon's not there, so yeah, she doesn't. She can, she can weigh in out of session. Oh, fuck. <laughs> Shit. Um, what do you think, Zarish? Do you think the, the fancy, fancy bit? Okay, so before I answer that question, I'm going to look known and state one other thing that I'm actually there for. That is personal. So I'm going to look to him and say, um, on top of this information of why we're here, I'm actually an additional agenda that is more personal to me, and it comes in the form of a question. Yeah. Do you know of a jeweler that goes by the symbol Crescent? You're asking about the Crescent Moon symbol? Yes. Right, okay. Sorry, you, you cut out just at the last second, so I was just double-checking. Um, are you showing him the symbol? I will show him the symbol, yes. Right. One second. Brom takes a look at the symbol as you're showing it to him. He studies it for a couple of seconds before going, I'm fairly confident that you'd have to ask around the jewelry quarter in the economic sector to get more information. I, I, I know that they reside, whoever this is, resides within the city. It's, a, it's almost a trademark of a well-established jeweler, so it's not likely to be anybody who resides in any of the villages outside of Armdale. But I don't know enough about this sort of thing, so... My only advice would be to check around the jewelry quarter if and when you ever have time. Right. Okay. So I'm going to look to Alara and say, in order to get the information that we are looking for, I say that we stay in the nobles' quarters and stay there long enough to get what we need, get out. Yeah, we're also going to... Either clean up our clothes or get a new set, because mine could have I've, I've definitely seen better days. <laughs> well, the the letter the letter that we received in order to receive better gear that that's kind of part of that. But I I think that our best bet is to use this letter first to get us some better gear if we can uh, obtain it. Out of session, and then. Out of session, I'll just remind you guys that the, the reward that you were given by Gregory Slane was uh, a 200 gold discount on services of an arcane nature. So, right. providing arcane enhancements to any gear that you've got, or 
towards purchasing something of an arcane nature. It wasn't so that you yeah. could, it wasn't like clothes shopping allowance or something like that. Well, yeah, that 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 I understand. It's it's more the lines of that it, we would be better off theoretically staying in the nobles' quarters because of the fact of that it's it's basically like a video game, right? Where that you have an easy mode, a medium, like normal difficulty, and then a hard mode, right? So in my mind, easy mode is where we go into the nobles' quarters because that way that everyone sees us as like nobility status, quote unquote, and we can get information easier by portraying ourselves as such. But the further we go out, the more difficult it's going to be for us to obtain that information because people are going to see us in a certain aspect when reality is, is that we actually could afford much higher than that. So I'm looking at it from that aspect and going, okay, the easiest route for me would be to go in, have all of us as a group stay in the noble quarters and be able to split the difference between all of us so that we don't lose all of our money all in one setting. Spend that entire month getting the information that we need. And if we need an additional month, we will be able to also do some like side missions or whatever we need to do in order to accumulate more money to use that money towards forking over for the next month to then pertain the information that we need. Right. Okay. Taurus, get out of my fucking head. <laughs> I am magic. I do right. shit. Okay. Okay. The thing that I was going to add to that story was selling the jewels that we got. <laughs> right. Okay. So, uh, Brom puts away the map. He digs into a wooden box that has been sitting underneath his desk and he pulls out a set of what looks to be relatively well-kept uh, silver keys. And he says, right. These are the keys to your residence. When you get to the outskirts of the noble quarter, or the noble sector, you will no doubt bump into uh, a, group of, a, a patrol of Crown's Guard. Just don't take offense if they immediately ask you what you're doing there. I don't, I don't mean this in any offensive way, but you don't look like nobility straight off the bat. However, your residence will be waiting for you. Um, I'd advise that when you get a moment, go and at least attempt to make an appointment uh, with the mayor's office so that you can register a collection of rent. Otherwise, well, your house is going to be seized before you actually get through the month's end. So, uh, if that is going to be all, then I will say that I will stamp your papers, I will get them organized, I will get them filed and officiated on my side of things. Welcome to Armdale. For the love of fucking Christ, don't cause any problems. Who's Christ? He is apparently a deity from a far-off land that not many people have ever heard of. Uh, nobody really. Well, now I'm curious. <laughs> <laughs> you, listen, take it up in the Grand Temple. You'll have access to that now that you're living in the noble sector. And uh, ah, if I I'm if sorry, I might I be just... <laughs> if I might be so bold, 
Just uh, <laughs> be careful. Not everybody in Amdale is uh, as friendly as they look, and although you're staying in one of the better parts of the city, even nobles have their means of being dangerous. Anyway, I'm going to clock out for the evening, and I'm going to go home. I bid you farewell. Get the fuck out of my office. Christ be with you. <laughs> yeah, whatever. <laughs> okay. Anon. Now that you actually managed to slip your way into the city with no papers, what are you doing? Waiting for them. Okay. So in order for them to join up with you, they would have to come back around that part of the wall. I'm assuming that that's what you guys do anyway. Uh, you get back to the gate and you see the Goliath uh, standing there, still vigilant. He looks and goes, Oh, you're back. All right. I take it the registration went well. Where did you choose to live? Noble thing. Oh, a bunch yeah. of ponzi, bunch of ponzi pricks you are then, eh? Of course, of course, of course. Oh, no, seriously, thank you for, you know, saying this to that guy. I, I was honestly expecting you to boot, boot us out the blooming, the blooming walls, so thank you for you know, tell us about it, Brom. That's Good. fine, just doing my job. Next time, if you're going to a major city, just make sure you got fucking travel papers, will you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Learned that the hard way. Aye, that you did. Right, go on. Actually, wait a minute. Did Brom check your horses? Uh, we parked our horses outside the... Right, lift, it's fine. But... I, I, I'm assuming that somebody will have checked your horses. In you go. In you go. You're holding up the line. Right. I will go in. You guys proceed to ride along this very well-kept cobblestone road that leads for about 70 to 80 feet through the wall. You emerge on the other side, and this initial street of Amdale is a stark contrast to the first neighborhood that you came across. It is not pristine, but it's a damn sight better kept than the quote-unquote slum of Amdale. There are street lamps made of corrugated steel that seems very well, posh, uh, very well polished and very well kept. The lanterns are made of a very intricate design that look as though they've been crafted with a lot of care and a lot of design. The whole street just looks a lot more civilized and a lot more clean than what you initially initially saw. Kala looks around, just completely awestruck, and says, now this, this is the city that I've heard stories about. This is the Armdale I've heard of. You see and now her, you're a noble. You see her go silent as your words ring across her ears, and she takes a second, she snaps back into reality, and looks to you all and says, I... I don't know what to tell you. I... This is... This is, like, sensory overload for me. I've... Like, you guys have to understand, I've, I've never... I've never seen a place of this magnitude. I've never seen this many people. I've never seen a culture like this. I've never seen a society like this. I've never... I've never seen... Buildings of this architecture. I've, I've only ever known... 
thatch and wooden buildings and cottages and huts and you know homes built into the side of a hill this is this is amazing this is just this is more than any of my wildest dreams could ever have possibly imagined but there's also there's this feeling inside my heart and it's this feeling that tells me that as much as you guys have led me here and all the good that you guys have done in, in order to get me to leave the village and pursue my dream of seeing the world. I don't think my place is with you. At least not right now. I think me tagging along would just be a third wheel. Oh, fourth. In fact, where the fuck is Anon at this, at this point? And she looks off into the distance and... uh sees what looks to be like Anon's horse a good 60 to 70 feet ahead but with all the uh, the people and the foot traffic it just looks like a standard horse blending in with a crowd she looks to you Ilera and Zaris and says I think I think my calling is to see more on my own I think if I was to stick around with you guys I'd only weigh you down I'd only get in the way of your mission. I I need to see more. And I think for my own growth and my own perspective, I need to see the world alone. I need to I need to go off. I need to I need to basically kick myself in the ass and force myself out of my comfort zone. Because I've always stuck with people. I've always been with a group I've never been on my own I think if I'm if I'm to continue down this path I need to I need to subject myself to not fear but you know things that I'm not normally used to and I think one of those things is the the prospect of seeing the world alone but I know where you guys are going to be at least for the next month and if the gods allow, maybe our paths will cross again in the future. Maybe our paths will cross again in the future when I can be more of a, a benefit to you guys, and more of a help to you guys, more of a, well, less of a detriment to you guys, what with my admitted naivete and lack of knowledge of the world. She turns to use Iris and says, no words will ever describe how thankful I am to you, Zaris. It was you who initiated the, the thought process of me leaving. It was you who gave me that nudge. It was you who gave me that spark of hope and that spark of will. And it was all three of you who took me out of SCADA. And I'll be ever thankful for it. I'll tell you what. In a month... Let's meet at a tavern. And if our paths are truly meant to be crossing again in the future, it'll just be a, ta a random tavern. I won't even, we won't even decide on one. We'll stumble across each other and we'll share a drink. A meal. Hell, we can drink ourselves until the, the night turns to day. Good luck on your mission. Uh, before she goes, DM. 
Yes. I rolled a 14 on a history check to see if my sage background would allow me to know if there are snippets of guild activity in this city that I could lead her towards to get her started. From what little experience that you've got in Amdale, you know that much like any massive metropolitan-sized city, there are stereotypical guilds. You've got your thieves' guild. You've got your mages' guild. You've got your, um, you've got your librarian guild. You've got people who seek research on culture. You've got people who seek research on, uh, military nature. People who scour the earth trying to you know, obtain knowledge about the different factions that are across the, uh, the continents. You've got your Adventurers Guild, who take any manner of work in return for coin. It's been a while so since... So I'm going to... I'm going to suggest to Kala to venture off into some of these guilds and... I'm also going to ask Kala if she is in need of money at the moment. Kala takes a second and thinks to herself and says, No. No, no. I don't think, I don't think money will be an issue. I mean, I'm fairly handy with a sword. I'm sure I can, you know, do a couple of, you know, bounties or jobs and earn myself well, enough coin to... Yeah, a roof over In that my case, I would, I would highly suggest going to the Adventurer's Guild, which will register you as a bounty hunter, like us, and that will be your first steps to going in and obtaining some money for yourself, and that will also make it easier for you to contact us, because uh, I myself am a part of our, the Adventurer's Guild, as well as a few other guilds. So, I will be able to have contact easily through that means. She nods and gives you a smile and thanks you for the advice. She looks to you, Alara, and says, You know, as chaotic and just downright ridiculous as you are. Gee, thanks. I'm, I'm thoroughly glad that our paths crossed. You need to look after him and wherever the fuck she is, Anna needs to look after both of you. My brain tells me she's the more head straightened one out of the three of you. Yes, she's got her moments of insanity, but she she's she's a good one. Tell her I say goodbye. But tell her that this won't be the last time that we see each other. Ah, uh, boy. And with that, Kala begins to ride off along a left-hand adjacent path uh, to you guys. You watch as she makes her way out of sight. However, about 80 to 90 feet down the, the same road that you're traveling on is Anon. Standing there, Waiting, scouring the crowd to see if she can see any sign of you guys. I will 
not just like run straight up to her. I'll kind of like in a way not to blow her cover or anything, just come up behind her and put a hand on her shoulder and be like, have you found anything? I was waiting for you. Fair enough. We've got ourselves a place to stay in the nobles' quarters, so we should be nice. well off. Well off for a while. Well, we're registered. That's good. Um, you might have to register yourself so you're on their system or whatever. Don't need to. I'll just borrow yours. You, if you're borrowing ours, you're you, you're gonna you're gonna have to pay. We're all tripping in this place. We, we have the prestidigitation stones to make it to where it looks like that she owns. And so if we have to, we can create an illusion that will allow people to think that she has one if they ask. Okay. So we're fine on that part. Nice. What is the, the first point of call for, for you guys? What is your, what's the first thing that you're wanting to do now that you're in the city? So I'm going to make a, I I was going to say, I was going to make a suggestion first because, you know, that we need to kind of do this in order. So for one thing, nobody knows us here. We're just kind of outsiders. So my point of suggestion is, is that we go ahead and get this letter out of the way to where we can go and quote unquote upgrade our gear. And then once we do that, and we're good on that end, we can then start going in and researching as what we need outside of that. I personally need to find this jeweler. That's my number one priority. But I know we do have another mission on top of that. So bearing in mind, Brom left in the evening when we got our papers for our accommodation and that. So it probably makes more sense to kind of Go go to the sort of guards so they sort of know who we are, and then we go and sort of put our accommodation, put our stuff down, and then kind of go out again. Yeah, because you don't want to be leave it too late in the middle of the night. Going, oh, hey, we just moved in because like, well, that yeah, yeah, fa- right. fair enough. So we'll go and get our our place settled in, go in and rest for the night, and then first thing in the morning we'll go in and get this letter of accommodation out of a, out of the way so we can get ourselves some better equipment better attire and look the part of nobility at least that way that we can get the information that we're okay so sounds good i will say that in fact somebody make a survival check for me bearing in mind you guys are if you're looking at the map of the city you're in the first square that is directly in front of the the gate at number one. I'm glad somebody else rolled because apparently the DM wants us to all roll wisdom rolls in the entire campaign. And I, mean, I am not good at wisdom rolls. Listen, it's not my fault survival is to do with you guys, uh, guys getting your fucking bearings and that it's got to do with wisdom. I have a wisdom. zero in perception. I have a zero <laughs> in survival. I have everything that is wisdom based. That's it's what, a zero. That's what, you get, that's what you get for playing a charisma character, asshole. Like, Jesus Christ. That's what you get for fucking, you know, min-maxing your charisma. What? Like either way, a fifteen, Ilara, you you get a general sense of where you need to go in order to get to 
the neighborhood in which your residence is situated. It takes you... It takes you a couple of hours. This city is massive. Uh, as you venture through the initial part of the, the city, um, you notice that it is much better kept than any part of any city that you guys have seen in the time that you've been together. This city is kept clean. It's The, the, the people are reasonably well-dressed. You see taverns that look as though if they were to be picked up and physically put in another city, then you would honestly think that they were owned by nobility of that city. You know, this makes the Serpent's Caress of Valorondir look like a fucking dive bar. In fact, if you were to put, if you were to put the Serpent's Caress from Valorondir into Amdale, then they would be shut down because of, you know, the image that they, they portray. You know, that, you know, doesn't fit the, the aesthetic of the overall city. You make your way around towards the western part of the cur uh, east eastern sorry eastern part of the curvature of the city. You actually come very close towards uh, the garden grounds of the the Grand Temple. You see that the street takes on this white cobblestone aesthetic that is beautifully decorated with varying layouts and patterns of vibrantly coloured. Uh, plants and flowers and shrubberies and trees that look as though they're almost too healthy in order for them to be natural. You can see the, the Grand Temple off in the distance towering hundreds and hundreds of feet in the air. The beautiful pristine white and purple stone that makes out the, the, the exterior of the architecture just glistening in the, the moonlight sun, as well as the, the, the light from the, the lanterns and the torches that are, that are surrounding it. One thing you notice about this particular region of the city, though, is there's no guards. There's not a crown's guard to be seen. And any of you who are, uh, have got any sort of proficiency, quote-unquote, not actual D&D &D profici uh, proficiency, any, like, religious knowledge, you would know that the reason there's no crowns guard here is because this is deemed as sacred ground and that by societal law as well as official and religious law there's never really been any recorded instances of aggression or violence or combat or bloodshed or like physical disturbance when it comes to the ground surrounding any temple within Zyuria. It's always been a, a place of peace and pass, uh, passiveness and, you know, just very non-combatant. It's one thing that the people of Zyuria hold very high in regard is their temples. And the Grand Temple stands out in comparison to all others. You continue to follow the path around. You now see that the foot traffic is dramatically decreased. You know, there's hardly anybody on the streets, not just because of how late at night it is, but because of where you are. You know, this is the, you're, you're getting closer and closer to the Noble District. You're now closer to the number two on the map than you are to the number three. And you're noticing that there's more Crowns Guard than there is civilians. Brom was right. 
This place is extremely well guarded. It's extremely well managed and extremely well kept. The buildings here honestly resemble, if you were to put it into perspective of real life, it's like penthouses and million dollar mansions and million dollar apartments that you would find in the best sort of neighborhoods of New York. It's the, the very, very grandiose gothic architecture of homes and mansions and low-level manors. This is the wealthiest part of the, sec uh, the city. And you can tell that just from the streets of the, the alone. The cobblestone makes everything else look filthy in comparison to what you've seen. This is like the most immaculate place you've ever seen in your lives. The people are walking around dressed in garments and robes that look like they've been made by the finest tailors in the land. You guys stick out like a sore fucking thumb. You guys stick out like stick out like bollocks on a bulldog at this point. There's actually people shooting you glances and the odd look every every now and again as you walk past. And as you get closer and closer to what you think is the neighborhood where your residence resides, you see this group of crowns guard, two human males walk up to you. One of them says, "Eggs." Excuse me, I think you're in the wrong neighborhood. We've got papers, buddy. Take them out, guys. Just moved in. Adventurers. Right. Have a look. Right. Uh, mind if Someone I take said a... this would happen when we come here? Mind if I take a look at your keys? Yep. He takes the keys from you. He examines them in his hand, and he he looks to his uh his colleague and says, "All right, they're legit." Um, new to the city? Just, just, just moved in. We're, right. we're adventurers and we've been through ad utter hell, so we look like trash, we know. Which I, could do I, good I didn't want to cause offence, but I wasn't going to say anything. I, I'm still not, but... Okay. Brom said this would happen, so we, no, we, no. we expected it. Brom's a, Brom's a good guy. He's a little odds, but he's a good guy. Um, your residence is two streets over, and it's the, well, it's the, the residence that sticks out. Let's just say that. His companion gives a, a small chuckle, and you see the crowns guard that spoke to you sort of nudge him in the side, keeping him in check, is almost as if to say, hey, come on, behave yourself. They, they give you a nod, they wish you a, a good evening, and they, they make their way past you. You guys make it like they said, two streets over, and you you take a look down this very well-lit street. Nobody else around. This is a street where, honestly, the houses and the residences on this street look like they're worth more than every single loot chest or jewel that you've ever seen in your life. If you were to sort of try and turn these residencies into taverns where you could pay to stay for a single night you get the feeling that these are places where you, judging by the sort of employment you guys have done throughout your lives you'd have to do a hundred missions just to afford one night stay here there's one building that stands out every single building on this street bar one is 
reasonably the same in terms of architectural style and, you know, color, shape, aesthetic. There's one building nestled in the center of the row or the, the street that is slightly different. Architecture style is relatively the same. Size is the same. It's not like it's a, a tiny building uh, sandwich between ones that tower above it. But this one's made out of what looks to be amethyst. It's not made out of amethyst, but it's got that incandescent, swirly, vibrant, beautiful purple color to the exterior walls. The door itself is an archway that extends about 15 feet up. Heavy, heavy set wooden door that looks like it's made out of beautifully carved oak with a single, very well-polished brass knocker on it. You guys open the door, and it takes a minute because of how heavy the door is, and you open it up, and the entire residency is dark. You see that there are candles and chandeliers and holders, and there's torches, and there's all manner of different lighting elements situated around the entry room, but they're not lit. Why would they be? No, they weren't expecting anybody to live here anytime soon, so it would just be a waste of perfectly good wax if they had it lit. You walk in and there's a, a massive, approximately 15 foot wide double staircase directly in front of you that leads up and then splits off to the left and the right, leading to a second story. Beautiful polished marble floors with this rainbow colored swirling pattern that extends in just random directions and patterns. You've got a massive 10 foot wide fireplace off in the left hand corner. You've got beautifully made seating arrangements that look as though they're crafted from the finest leather. And then you've got multiple doors that you can see on the second story leading to what you can either assume to be bedrooms or offices or storage rooms or a combination of all three. Welcome to your home. Welcome to Armdale. And welcome to where I would honestly hope you guys are going to spend a considerable amount of time because before we end tonight's session, I'm going to make one request. I know a DM makes a lot of requests of their players throughout the course of a, a session or a campaign or a one shot. I want you guys to get creative. I want you guys to decorate this place. I want you to turn it from just a bog standard, like, you know, pre-decorated house. I want you to turn it into something that's your own. I want you guys to make this home a representation of yourselves. Really bring it to life across the time that you spend here. Because after all, you're each paying 300 gold a month for it. You might as well make your money's worth, eh? And with that, ladies and gentlemen, as we arrive in Amdale, we are going to end tonight's session. Thank you so much for joining us on Duckies and Dargons. We are going to pick up next week, finding out what our players are going to do in the big bad city. We're going to see if Zaris can hunt down this jeweler. We're going to see if our group of ragtag adventurers can 
gain more information about this mysterious figure that Lucinda Grohl was working for. Maybe even pull up some leads and uh, get some results on that mission. And uh, we're just going to see what sort of shenanigans that they get up to, because let's face it, these guys are chaotic as fuck. Thank you very much for listening. We'll be back next week. Stay happy, stay healthy, stay safe. But above all else, roll for initiative. We love you guys.